I'm Rick Cushman, and this episode of Bottle Talk with Rick and Paul is sponsored by Tourism Vancouver. Once again, they invite you to come to Vancouver for the wine and stay for the comedy. And I don't mean Paul's talks at the Vancouver International Wine Festival. Hey, come on. I'm talking about the weekend the Vancouver Wine Festival and the JFL Northwest Comedy Fest overlap. And that's the weekend of March 1st to the 4th, which counts Thursday as a weekend day, which we always do, Paul. Oh, absolutely. Uh, it's a great festival. <clears throat> absolutely terrific. has uh, from February 24th to March 4th. Has wines from 16 countries, dinners, big walk-around tastings, lunches, brunches, tutored seminars. Yeah, Paul's uh, tutoring some of those seminars. In fact, he's the keynote, the keynote speaker. Well, you can take that as encouragement or a warning. Hey, 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 who's doing bad comedy now? Yeah, that would be me. For great comedy, you can see some comedy's biggest names at Just for Laughs Northwest in association with Sirius XM. Sirius XM. It, uh, it runs March 1st to the 10th, and there's going to be 95 shows at 30 venues with all kinds of great stars. Here's the list, just partial. Trevor Noah, Joe Coy, Bill Kerr, Maria Bamford, Brian Reagan, Jay Farrow, Anthony Jeselnik, wow. Mike Birbiglia, Nikki Glaser, and a whole bunch more. Wow. And then the new this year, too, Paul, the Vancouver Just for Last Film Festival starts March 1. Wine and laughs. Rick, someone should have been doing this before. Yeah, it's, it's certainly not us. <laughs> you wouldn't hear that from this show. So wine, wine and comedy festivals are just two more reasons to visit lovely, lovely Vancouver. Lovely, lovely. One of my favorite cities. It really is a great place, and it's even great when both of us are there, which we will be. Well. <laughs> so remember, travel time's short, and right now the dollar is pretty strong. So visit jflnorthwest.com and vanwinefest.ca, that's not C-A, because they're in Canada, for tickets and details, and we'll have links on our website as well. On our website. Welcome to Bottle Talk with Rick and Paul. I'm Rick Cushman. And I'm Paul Wagner. So, Paul, you've been working out? Uh, not today. Well, maybe you should have if you wanted women to, you know, drink around you. <laughs> All right. We're, we're going to explain what that okay, means in just good. a second. <laughs> also, today we have more stuff we love. Listeners ask how to evaluate online wine offers and how to handle pressure from servers and psalms. Plus, we have some limited production, small release, hard-to-get horrible wine writing. <laughs> and as usual, we will make fun of wine snobs. Oh, boy. By the way, a couple of reminders. Yet again, we are still on Capital Public Radio. You'd think they would learn. As a recommended podcast. I know. That's Sacramento's NPR station. And yet. And we're also on Napa Broadcasting. That's a network that comes out of Napa Valley College. An institution of higher learning. Yeah. You know, and they, uh, they should know better, too. But they even let Paul teach there. So <laughs> they may already be suspect. That's right. <laughs> Paul's also leading a wine cruise out of uh, San Francisco. July. King of the world. Yeah, King yeah. of the world. It's, he's not. Uh, that's uh, July 31st to August 1st down the coast of California. It's Wines of the West. The, the ship is the Crystal Symphony, which is Condé Nast Traveler's top, one of their top cruise ships in the world, which yeah. is pretty awesome. Yeah. That's, uh, and more information there at winecruisegroup.com. Winecruisegroup.com. It's also right. linked on our website. Uh, and so, yeah. Paul, uh, you know, anyone who listens to this podcast knows how much you adore the studies I bring Yeah, in. I think the general consensus is that I hate them. Yes, Um don't know why. It's not like they're not great. <laughs> so that's why I need to give you, my oh, friend, yeah. you full oh, yeah, credit yeah, yeah. for digging up this one. And, I do, I, and it's a great one. When I saw this, Rick, 
I thought of you. As well you should, <laughs> for so many reasons. <laughs> All right. So researchers from the University of South Florida say a man's scent can drastically affect how much a woman drinks when she's with him. And the sweatier the man is, the more they drink. Maybe they're drinking to numb themselves. I mean, this is a great study. This is isn't a great study. Because that would be my reaction, to be honest. But in any case. The more you sweat, the more they drink next to Yes. You. But my yet-to-exercise friend, it's actually another reason. Okay. The study is published in the Journal of Experimental and Clinical Pharmacology. And it said, in short, the women were moved to drink because of the pheromones found in human sweat. Okay. Pheromones, friend. Pheromones right there. Women ages 21 to 31 were told they're taken apart in a consumer survey on men's fragrances. So they tricked them. Half were given— Which is the basis of all good research. (laughs) That's right. If they know what you're testing, they—yeah, so good. Yes. Uh, Half were given fragrance strips that were sprayed with a pheromone found in human sweat. The rest were given strips sprayed with just water. Did they use a water sommelier for that? Yes. Pick the right water? Yes. <laughs> if you haven't heard that show, it's a long story. Um, the women were offered two glasses of non-alcoholic beer for a quote, quoting the uh, the researchers' safety purposes. Yeah. so Because okay. they didn't want them to attack, I think, that they were afraid that they'd go right after the researchers. Beer goggles. Just, Kiss me now. That's right. Um, all right. So in any case, the psychologist running the study found that the women who smell the pheromone drank significantly more. That's their quote. And uh, say in the report, this is because there is an intrinsic cultural link between drinking and having sex. I wonder if it's cultural or if it's actually biological. Well, they said women may reach for the bottle because alcohol lowers inhibitions and lowered inhibitions can lead to an increased desire for sex. And that's somewhat reflexive in the society. That's what right. they're saying. But I wonder if it also doesn't come from... Y- y- Eons and eons of human evolution and biology. Well, it might be. It might be, uh, you know, back in the uh, who knows how many millennials ago, a couple of fermented grapes lying on the day. Uh, That's to, right. Next thing you know, they've got a little og. Although back in those <laughs> days, I'm guessing that everybody smelled a little bit like sweat. That's if, if you're that's lucky. Why, that's why there were a lot of little ogs <laughs> running around. <laughs> All right. So, but you're going to like this, Paul. Yeah, so this is, this is how they explain it. And this could be our horrible wine writing. Hold your seats, folks. Social and sexual expect- expectancies take subsequent taken subsequent. Let me write, start again. Start, start again and try it in English. Yes. Well, no, that's I can't. I have to read this. Um, <laughs> social and sexual expectancies taken subsequent to drinking to avoid unwanted manipulation influences were correlated with drinking in the primed group, but not in the neutral group, supporting the idea that information processing pathways related to alcohol use had been engaged in the primed group. Okay, now in English, because that, so, that's unintelligible. Yes. So uh, who knows? It, it may be that they actually concluded something differently. But are, this are these people ex- wine writers? <laughs> they could be. I know that's the thing. <laughs> uh, but, I, but their conclusion is somewhat clear. And they say the, these results indicate a potentially powerful influence on alcohol consumption that calls for continued investigation. So I want— Continued investigation, Paul. They want to keep drinking. They want to keep drinking, but I want to market a bottle of wine that has a scratch and sniff label. Well, then, oh, yeah, because then you have to open it because now you scratched it and now, and you, now, you and now you're in the mood, so now, to speak. That's right. Yes. Okay. I think, uh, right, okay, I think, I think you heard a... it here first, folks, and <laughs> I want is... royalties yeah. if anybody uses it. All right. It. There, yes. And then, but then what's going to happen is people, you know, chugging wine and, you know, uh, going at it, so to speak, in the wine aisles, and we don't <laughs> want that happening. So, <laughs> so all right. And well, you'd want to do a you'd want to do a cork-finished bottle there, not a screw cap. You don't want it too easy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> 
Well, speaking of not too easy, we're going to answer some <laughs> questions that will not actually be good answers or something. Anyway, th- it's time to take some questions. So thank you, good. as always, for listening to Bottle Talk with Rick and Paul. If you'd like to ask us a question, the place is, of course, rickandpaulwine.com. That is our website. If you can't find that and you're not listening to us, which wouldn't be possible because you'd be listening to us <laughs> to know that, if you can also Google Bottle Talk, we will come up. Yep. All right. So our first one comes from Sue in Granite Bay. Cool. She says, I see a lot of offers from websites that sell wine and they make every wine sound like the best ever wine. How do I know if they're really any good? That's a really legit question. Well, yeah. I get a lot of those offers. I, you know, I, I, I subscribe to as many things just to see what's out there. Right. And 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 because you have a hard time buying wine anywhere. Well, most you've stores been won't let me in. Exactly right. Yeah. So you're pretty much limited to these online offers. Yes, and as soon as they know who it is, often they cut me right off. But the, the challenge here is in a restaurant, you can ask the sommelier or the waiter, and that person will tell you, Here's a wine I think you'll like, and you can try it. And if you don't, you have some sort of immediate interaction and right. recourse. You know, right. you said this was fruity. Frankly, this doesn't taste like that to me. Right. But when you're buying these wines online, once you've got them, you've got them. It's pretty hard to return them. There and and yeah, and she's often, absolutely right. And that, often they're citing somebody with somebody points somebody from here or something, or you know. And we brought in the 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 nefarious ones that say something like from the you know, Robert Parker's best vintage by wine searchers, best place well, by, or, you know, wine, yes. whatever. And we've also brought in wines that were from a unique vineyard and we right realized later some that, other that it didn't actually even tell you what yes. part of the country it came right. from. Yes. So, uh, yeah, the, they, they quote they quote critics, they quote magazines. Sometimes they're good. There's, a, you know, but uh, one of the things that you, you do have some defense because you got these online. So the odds are that right. you have that supercomputer sitting right in front of you. Or even a cell phone. Well, yeah. Yes, that's, that's a heck of a supercomputer right there. Right. And, and one, I mean, so there's a couple ways to go at it. If you are somebody who reads wine magazines or those sorts of things, you probably have some critics that you trust more than others. Right. So Google them, see what they say. Yep. Or, or even if you don't, right. Google the wine and see who writes right. about it. What you will find is some of these fabulous wines offered on these fabulous websites that are the best wine ever, as Sue says, when you Google them, the only place that has any information on them is the website that's selling them that, as the best wine ever. And chances are yeah. nobody's ever had this wine. And in that case, you're taking more of a risk. Yeah, that means it's their own label. And and if it is something you've heard of, which often is the case too, um, you can probably find at least a few critiques about it, enough to tell you something. Right. Tell you whether, right. whether the claim is legit. Yeah. Um, if you want to be a little patient, uh, one thing to do is go to a wine store. Mm-hmm. And ask them. Say, do you know anything about this wine? Right. Although uh, you that, have to probably have to buy something when you're yeah, there. Yeah, you should. Yeah. It, by the time you have a conversation with the guy in the wine shop about what wine tastes good and what wine doesn't taste good, you are in a much better place to start buying wine from that wine shop yeah, than any place. Nothing online. wrong with that either, too. And you may find that that guy has that same wine for the equally good price. Why not just buy it? For or him? even if it's a couple bucks more, yeah. the fact that you can talk to a guy and get some recommendation on it—that's a good yeah. thing. So we're not saying everyone is is nefarious, uh, and we're not saying everyone's great. Um, we are saying always be a little careful. No, but we would say that Rick is nefarious and I am great. Uh, I would say nefarious probably for both of us. But that's, <laughs> really, no, actually, I think the best word for both of us is unreliable. Unreliable. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. All right. This one is from Kevin in Merrick, and that is on Long Island. Which is wine country. It, it is wine country. 
I'm a transplanted Californian, and I like a lot of the European wines we find in restaurants here. But when I ask about California wines, which we also like, a lot of the wine people get looks on their faces like we asked about kicking puppies. <laughs> what is that about? Hey, Kevin, first of all, you should write about wine because <laughs> yeah. you can write about other stuff in a nice way. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, you know, I've seen it, too, when I'm in New York. And I'm sure you have, too, Paul. Um, and it is... There's part of it is a rivalry thing. Part of it is the snobby psalm thing. It's but uncool a, to like wines from California. And there's a third element. The third element is try going to any wine region of Europe and ask him about wines from another region and see what happens. Because, yeah, he's right that in New York you do have international wines available. But most wine regions in the world are pretty much full of their own wine. Well, this is a little different case, though, because they are talking about another region, just a region east instead of a region west. You know, the the, the Psalms that are selling him European wines well, that's it. are the ones that, are, that won't sell him California right, wines. Right, but, the, but the, yeah, and of course the Psalm would say, well, the European wines are international standards. What they're implying is, of course, California wines are not international standards. But, of course, we know back in 1976, even the French experts said California wines were international standards. Yeah, so the these are really saying, I have my thumb in both of my eyes, yeah. and here's what I see. Yeah, exactly right. And it is, but there is, there is, I mean, a little bit is you know, New York, California rivalry, a little bit is that in that super cool song community for the same reason they don't want to recommend the wines that you know and like. You know, we've right. talked about how they, they want to diss Chardonnay and Cabernet right. too. It does bring to mind that wonderful yeah. New Yorker cartoon with, with the New Yorker's map of the world, which showed that the West started at the Hudson River. Yes. <laughs> right. <laughs> yes. Uh, so, I mean, so that's what that's about, really. Um, and, and, and I would say, because you seem to know a little bit about this, uh, force them to talk to you about it, the ones, ones that they have. And, and ask them the question. Yeah. When I ask about California wine, you seem unenthusiastic. Yeah. Have you had? Do you try? What don't you like yeah, about? Because they'll tell you, oh, they're all too high alcohol, they're all too big, or they're all too something. They're all too something. And, and you say all? All, and then, yeah. Big state. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. All right, that's what you yep. do. All right, that's it for questions for now. And we're going to move. I don't think we helped Kevin at all. Uh, we, yeah, we, he's asking what, why we're saying be confrontational. <laughs> <laughs> I repeat, I don't think we helped Kevin all right, at all. Well, well, speaking of confrontation, we're going to confront some really horrible wine writing coming up next. Excellent. Yep, that's the sign. That's the sign. There is uh, really horrible wine writing moving into the room. Just over the hill. Yes, Just coming comes. into view. All right, Paul, what you bring Shall in? I start? Yes. The 2014 Name Removed So We Don't Get Sued Pinot Noir wine is cultivated with Dijon clones 115, 667, and 777 and Yum. displays all the well-loved characteristics. <laughs> the Pinot Noir opens with aromas of subtle, vibrant, vine-ripened red fruit, dusty tannins, and baked lavender. The palate is beaming with undertones of blueberry, black cherry, and black tea. How does an undertone beam? I'm wondering what the aroma of dusty tannins is because <laughs> tannins don't have smell. And I love that he can tell that the fruit is vine ripened yes. as opposed to just ripened. Yes, and, and vine ripened. Well, because if it were, if it were grapes, they, they do grow on a vine. So it's Good got heavens, the aroma. it would have to be vine ripened. Yes. Yes, well, okay. well that's true. Yes, yes. and baked lavender. 
Well, I love the idea that um, it displays all of the well-loved yes. characteristics of one one five six six yes. seven and seven so, seven yeah, seven. The, dear Lord, yeah. <laughs> I know you. You and I have been what in enough maroon. discussions where somebody starts talking about the clones and yeah. you know, as if you know them, and there are a handful of clones that people do know. But dear Lord. It's a tiny, tiny, tiny well, and by the group time of people you combine that know three those. of them. Don't yes. talk about this. Yeah. Yes, yeah, uh, yeah, just yeah. ridiculous. Okay, so um, you've got something that'll match that, I suspect. Well, it, I don't have uh, the the Dijon clone numbers, but <laughs> this was this is from um, this is from one of those wine websites. We're thrilled to obtain this limited production, small lot, hard to get wine. Uh, only from, uh, excuse me, let, let me try I, that again. I, I get because it's there's so a, badly read, yes, written that it's, it's this, hard to read. It's, this, this, this is one of the world's worst noun clauses. <laughs> We're thrilled to obtain this limited production, small lot, hard to get, winery only Napa cab from the Dream Vintage, to, but they're talking about 2012, awarded the gold medal in the ultra competitive wine competition name removed so we don't get sued, being described as elegant and flashy out of the gate. Less than 250 cases were produced in this 100% estate, single vineyard, small production Cabernet. Uh, so uh, first thing was uh, this same website also talked about how the uh, 2013 and 2014 vintages were dream vintages. Because every vintage is a yes. dream vintage. That's yes. good. I'm still wondering about uh, how this person gets paid to write when they say less than 250 cases when everybody knows it should be fewer than 250 yeah. cases. Well, there's that, too. So uh, there's grammar on top of oh, everything yeah. else. And, and and lots of exclamation points. Yes, lots um, of exclamation points. And, but I love this. Limited production, small lot, hard to get. That's kind of the same thing. I want it. And winery only. Winery only. only. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. I'll, I'll, let's use four phrases all in a row. Yeah. And then let's say it's elegant and flashy. Yeah. Yes, right, which are the out of the gate. Which out is, of the gate. Yeah, which are two opposite things. Right. Let's yeah. say it's black and white. Yes. This is black and white out of the gate. The other part is that in the ultra-competitive uh, wine competition, the gold medal doesn't matter how many wines are in the competition. It's either good wine or it's not. Right. That's so, the way all wine competitions yes. work. Uh, so, but yep. this is uh, so back to whether you, you can trust these folks. And when you get this kind of thing— I'm, I'm saying this is yeah. this is back to Sue and Granite Bay. Uh, Sue, if you see this one, I I would move on. I would move on to something you love. Yes. Well, that's what we're gonna do. We are okay. moving on right now to stuff we love. I love you so. Ah. You know, I'm already so, in a better mood. It's so nice of her to come in and sing for us, isn't it? It is. It is. And that sax guy is great. He's Thanks. Good. He's good. Yeah. You know, if he gets together with our trumpet guys oh, from the man. history of, oh, we, we got it. It's an ensemble. <laughs> All right. So, Paul, this is usually you, but I got one because I was there not so long ago. Uh-huh. It's the Carmel and Monterey Tasting Rooms. Oh, yeah. I love the area, but, you know, and I made fun of their ads a couple weeks ago from one from a few of them. But the truth and, of it and is. And it's a good thing you didn't do that before you went because you wouldn't have got no, in then later. Well, yeah. The, even the people that didn't recognize me could tell right away that I I wasn't a, one of their kind. No, they, no, just the opposite. Actually, they are nice people there, and I really had a lovely time. And what I like about both of them, and, and particularly in Carmel, is they're all everything's such so close together, and they're really different kinds of wines there. Right. You know, there's lots right. of folks that made you know the 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 whites and the pinots that come from the San Jose Highlands so, right yeah. down the road, which yeah. and then but there's folks that were you know stuff into the valley and they're making different and interesting reds and it's yeah. just a great yeah. Different way to, t- to wine taste. And it's not just a lineup, you know. It's not right. like the lineup in some towns. But there, you, you walk from one to the other and, and really huh. get to taste a nice thing. And I well, really and enjoyed it. I'm, I'm going to say that it, it's a pleasure to taste any 
place yeah. where when you walk in the taste room door, there's a chance that one of the family members is behind a bar. Yeah. You know, yeah, that's yeah, a, yeah. it's a different feeling than the more, let's say, upscale and sophisticated places that may be more famous. But it's really fun to walk in and realize that it's the daughter, the wife, the winemaker, somebody right. working behind the bar. And it's a different experience and it's a fun experience. Yeah, it's true. And, and, and they're... It's just a whole right. It's a whole. They have a whole different level of connection that makes you feel connected. And, and you know, because that way, Rick, when they throw you out, you know, it comes I feel it's straight fair. from the top. Exactly right. right. Full they, endorsement of management. It's not it's like it's not like just some low level guys petty bureaucrat no, dealing you out. No, You're getting it straight is, from the owner. I'm getting tossed by the owner. It's <laughs> something to respect. That's right. <laughs> All right. <laughs> okay. All right. Oh, yeah. Well, speaking of no respect, we got a couple more questions. <laughs> Um, yeah, a reminder that if you'd like to ask us a question, the place is rickandpaulwine.com, our website. So this one is from uh, Michael in Santa Monica. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He says, we like wine with food, but in restaurants, we always feel rushed to pick a wine, especially when they're busy. And we sometimes want to wait to decide what we're eating. But we all, we're always a little worried if we don't order, the server may just ignore us a while. So how do you guys handle that? You know, this is great because I have a standard response every time. Of course, you know, what the restaurant... The policy of almost every restaurant on the planet is come over, get your patrons drinking. Give them something to drink right off the bat Mm. because, number one, the more people drink, the happier they get. The happier they get, the more they order, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. You know, just to add on, you know, I I – don't anymore, but used to do a restaurant service training. And um, and one of the things and, that we always taught was sell them a bottle of wine as soon as possible for two right. reasons. One is exactly what you said. They'll enjoy themselves. They'll enjoy the food. They'll have a nice time. The other is if you sell it to them early, they're more likely to buy that second, second bottle. Second bottle. Right. right. So, but, and, but I have a standard response to this. And, and, and Michael absolutely hit the nail on the head when he said, sometimes we want to wait to decide what we're eating. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what I tell the waiter. Yeah. We're going to decide what we are going to eat, and then we'll pick a wine to go with what we're eating. And the waiter always says, got it. Yes. Well, always, always. Yeah, always good. And, say, yeah, and you, might, you might give them a time, too. Say, we need five minutes. Right. Or three minutes or whatever right. it is. We're still right. – or, or even make them tell you a little about the food. Unless you know, you're with my Aunt Larry who takes an hour and a half to decide between the cheeseburger and the bacon burger and then no amount – I mean you just yeah. sit there. Well, then you, yeah, then you order the wine. And, uh, <laughs> you yeah. order the wine. Yeah. And the, by the time you get the third bottle, Larry's decided. Yeah. And I'll say you know, one of the things that I enjoy about going out to dinner is I do like not being in a hurry. I like not walking in and ordering the food. Right. And so right. Uh, so I usually order a wine to get started, you know, which is, as we probably all know by now, it's a sparkling, glass bubbling. of sparkling. Yeah. You know, usually a couple of bottles uh, yep. to, to get us started. And then, you know, that, that'll hold them off. No, but just a glass of sparkling is, uh, is, a, is, a, is a really nice way. It doesn't yeah. have to be sparkling. It's like something else. So you can start with a wine by the glass. Right. Um, and then make your decision later, But again, too, a simple know? answer is we're going to decide what yes. we're going to eat and then pick a wine to go with that. And if the waiter gives you any grief about that, that waiter will be looking for a new job fairly soon. So you don't need to worry yes, about but it. Yes, but I understand. But I do also understand Michael's concern. Mm-hmm. Like he's going to get bad services because the waiter's going to move on to take where there's more action. You know what? Uh, when you say that you're going to decide what you eat and then match the wine to your food, the waiter almost always assumes you might actually know something yeah, about food and wine, even, uh, and they're actually give you a bottle. slightly better service. There you go. That might that might be the way. You should try it sometime. Yes. They're not going to believe it. But one of the really important things, too, is just other is this. And, and we said this, um, I, I think, not so long ago on Valentine's Day, is... 
you are the paying customer. Yes. Don't feel rushed. You are the paying customer, period. Don't, just try Just You don't want yeah. it. Yeah. Don't feel rushed. Yeah. You okay. get it your way. Okay. And this is uh, one from Tammy in Sacramento. So, uh-huh, uh-huh. What does old worldy mean? Wine guy at restaurant name removed, so we do not get sued. Uh, kept calling wines old worldy. I think he wanted us to get up and shout praise or something when he said that. She should have done that. Yes. I think that would have been the perfect response. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yeah. Yes. And and we want this on video because we want to see the look on the waiter's face. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Thank God it's old world. Yes. (laughs) So uh, simple terms, old world style wines means European wines as opposed to New World, which means... Everywhere else. Everywhere else. Yeah. And and we think of New World when we think of California, but also New York, Michigan, Canada, Chile, Argentina, Australia, New Zealand, blah, 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 blah. This gets back a little bit, by the way, to that question um, uh, about uh, uh, not, ta- not talking about California, California wines. Yeah. yeah. But here, this is the really funny part, is what she is describing here is a wine guy who... He's not serving old world wines. Old world, world-ish. He's serving new world wines that taste kind of old worldly. And all I can say is, if you want old world wines, why wouldn't you serve, say, old world wines? Now, there's a thought. That it's, 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 <laughs> it's radical. But, uh, um, and, and for what that it's means— crazy t- talk. Yeah, Tammy, um, we tend to say that— yeah, old world wines have maybe a little more of a sense of earth or a taste of earth to them. You maybe know. a little higher acidity. Yeah, a little, maybe a little less alcohol. Little, but in yeah. but in actual fact, the chances of a new world wine tasting old worldy aren't very high because it's warmer here and we don't have trouble getting the grapes ripe, and they do in Europe. And frankly. Old world wines taste a lot less old worldy today right. than they did 20 years ago. Right. So he's kind of inventing something and then making a deal out of it where nothing needs to be done. And doesn't that just sound like the wine industry all over again? Yeah, yeah, it does. And, it, you know, I, I think this also connects back to that one more time to that thing where, you know, there's this um, lots of people like smooth wines, right. wines with some richness and, you know, right. because it, it tastes good. Yeah. And it's it's. The, but they're uncool because lots of people like them. So here's Tammy. You have the perfect solution for Tammy, though, because your solution is a good one in this situation. Throw she, your water at the guy? She No, that's for the water sommelier. Oh. This is for you pull out your phone and you say, here are the wines I like. Right. The ones that you took where the phone is vertical. Yes. And the phone is horizontal. These are the wines I don't like. I don't care whether they're old worldly, new worldly, or moldy doldy. I don't care. All I want is I want you to pick a wine that tastes like some of these wines that I like. Yes. And you're done. Right. Uh, but in in short, in the middle of all that was the descriptors that we were talking about. They, they do th- they, what he's trying to say is that they may be a little less fruit, a little lower alcohol, um, maybe a little more acid. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. That's what he's trying That's to say. That's what he likes to believe. Yes. All right. Right. Well, we like to believe that we've put on another uh, good show of uh, Ball Talk with Rick and Paul. Um, so that is it for today. Our producer is Matt Bassini. Thank you, Matt. Thanks to Capital Public Radio for the studio use and for including us on their podcast lineup. And if you'd like to ask us a question, you go to rickpaulwine.com. We also want to say thank you, now for Broadcasting, for handling us. Yes. And do not forget that Paul will be leading a pretty spectacular cruise, really. Leading uh, it. Even Well, he's going to be leading the wine part. <laughs> Luckily, he will not be driving the boat. Um, and then it goes down the West Coast, leaves San Francisco July 31st. Information links at winecruisegroup.com and, of course, yep. on our 
our charming website, rickandpaulwine.com. Paul will also be at the Vancouver International Wine Festival, February 26th to March 4th. I'll be there hanging around. You can come, have a great time, and easily avoid both of us. Easily. Lots of information at tourismvancouver.com. And if you've learned anything today... We hope is that it's a good a good workout is never a bad thing, Paul. I still say you ought to shower before you go out, Nick. My wife tells me the same thing. <laughs> I'm Rick Cushman. And I'm Paul Wagner. And I remember the best wines you drink are with friends. Or with us. Especially us.